is Let's Eat with host Zane Kaplensky on News Talk 1010. Good morning, fellow eaters. Welcome back to Let's Eat. I'm your host, Zane Kaplensky. Can you believe we've been doing this show for almost two years? Almost two years, and and uh, it seems to fly by, and, and uh, I can't thank you enough for tuning in every Saturday here on News Talk 1010. This is a show, we call it Let's Eat, and it really has everything to do with the stuff that happens in my life in the restaurant business here in Toronto, the food truck business. I've started to franchise. Uh, I have my mustards, and uh, whether it's about my restaurants or other people's restaurants or the food business in general or tipping, this is a place where you can listen to the people who tell stories about, about their their lives around food and, and how these things go. And, and uh, last week we had on a panel talking a lot about franchising because this is the way I've decided to go with my business. And uh, as many of you know, we opened our first in-city franchise back in, in May in Yorkville and it's doing very, very well on Cumberland Avenue. And really, I want to take a step back and, and uh, tell you how I got there and also introduce you to a couple of the guys who have been really instrumental in this um uh, journey for me, and and I think you'll you'll be interested in what they do as well because they're fascinating people who do something quite different and interesting. And so the story starts really about three years ago, and I was filming season two of Donut Showdown, and uh, the host of the show, a guy named Darren Jones, uh, who you might remember from uh, MTV Live, and uh, he also fills in occasionally as a radio host on this show, uh, on this station, never on this show. Uh, he changed my my introduction on Donut Showdown from restaurateur and food truck pioneer to Darren used to say stuff like he's the Taj Mahal the matzo ball, he's the deli king at Zane Kaplansky, which I thought was hilarious. And I started to hear him introduce me as the deli king. And I thought to myself, you know, I have a restaurant on College Street, not the deli king. I I open a couple stores at the airport, still not the king. But if Darren's telling people on you know, North America-wide television that I'm the Delhi King. I wonder if it's possible for this to be a reality. And, and uh, I started to think to myself, I wonder if I can grow my business and really do for the Delhi business what Starbucks did for the coffee business. And uh, realizing that I'd built one good restaurant, Kaplansky's on, on uh, College Street, but really didn't have the skill set to grow a national or international chain of restaurants, I started to ask around my circle and and see if anybody I knew knew how to make this happen. And uh, Peter Neal, uh, Neal Brothers Foods, he's the, the fellow who really mentored me through the whole mustard packaging process. Uh, Peter um, uh, said, I know just the guy. And he said, in fact, the best and only person I can think of is... The fellow sitting on my right, it's Joe Jackman of Jackman Reinvents. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Zane. Great to be here. And uh, great to have you here. And uh, and we're also joined by Steve Smith, who Steve is Joe's CFO, but was also the uh, co-CEO of Cara, which is Canada's largest restaurant company. Morning, Zane. Yes, Good morning, before joining, uh, before joining Jackman. And so these two fellows really have had a huge impact on my growth and development. And, and uh, Peter uh, did a wonderful thing. That that uh, first day that he introduced us at uh, Zoe's on King Street, which yep. is not there any longer. I think it's Belfast Love now. That's right, Belfast Love, <laughs> and um, and you know, I, I you were unknown to me before we started. Although Elspeth Copeland was somebody who we have a mutual friendship with, and you had worked with Elspeth at Law Boss. Awesome. She is talent. awesome. Yes, and Elspeth is uh, is my product developer, and she's the person who's really helped us to uh, standardize and get our whole sort of supply chain 
in place, which is a critical part of being able to grow your business. Being able to produce great food at College Street is tough. Being able to do it right now at four different restaurants is what Elspeth is there to make sure that we can do consistently. And there's a whole bunch of other pieces to the puzzle of, of how do you replicate what we've built at College Street to be able to open it across the country. And, you know, I didn't... I actually went back on Dragon's Den for my 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 fourth <laughs> appearance there to see if Jim Treliving would be interested in partnering with me to do this. And he was. And he offered me three million bucks. And I turned down three million dollars from Jim Treliving. I know, right? I know. <laughs> and uh, and then a few months later was introduced to Joe. And then Steve joined Jackman actually after I had originally met Joe. Mm-hmm. But um, your company, Joe, is called Jackman Reinvents. Jackman Reinvention? That's mm-hmm. the... Jackman Reinvents. There you go. What, explain, the, explain the name. So the, the idea is that many, many businesses, uh, late stage businesses facing maturity. So what that simply means is they run out of growth. And a lot of these are longstanding brands and businesses that you would be very familiar with. But at a certain point, they start to lose relevance. And, and that happens for a whole host of reasons. But some of the ones you'd, you'd be most familiar with are things like, you know, their assets, their, their stores or, or restaurants or what have you uh, are older and they're tired. Maybe they were uh, big in the day of your parents' generation, but not so much. You know, that was a place you went to. I remember it fondly, but it's not something that's relevant to me. And so we work with companies to uh, get them back to growth and relevance. That's really our focus. And and fundamentally, it's a reinvention uh, process. And so we built a company uh, that includes a whole host of disciplines that are uh, brought together under one roof to help those companies return to growth. Now, y- y- what you might recognize if you're listening to this carefully is that Kaplansky's Deli doesn't really fit into that model that Joe's discussing. We're not a mature business who's sort of lost its way. We're not your parents' deli. Um, but the category is. But it, that, yeah, that, that's, very good. That was the interesting thing when, uh, you know, for, for all those listeners, I would encourage you, if you get a chance to have a coffee with Peter Neal mm-hmm. and anyone he introduces you to, it'll change your <laughs> life uh, as, it, as it has mine. Um, so we were really excited when we got to look at your business and your vision. I, I think you said in the first uh, two sentences, you know, Deli King and... Um, you know, what's your ambition, Zane? And I, your response was a global deli domination. <laughs> so that certainly caught our attention. Um, but, uh, but beyond the sort of enthusiasm, what we saw as we did our homework after that coffee was, here's this amazing uh, category that, that you have created a, a concept and a business within, you know, longstanding history. You know, people have very, very warm feelings, but in, in things that are familiar you know, you have to be careful not to be uh, the equivalent of a great aunt, you know, fondly thought of, but seldom visited, <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's well said. And yeah. so um, we saw Delhi as something that was increasingly, um, you know, on trend as far as, you know, cultural experiences and authenticity and, and, and just the whole notion of sort of real food, slow food mm-hmm. um, with some history to it. And yet it was offside of what people were thinking about was a, a contemporary option. And so while you, you know, were, were doing your, your business on, on College Street, you had this notion of it's, yes, it's traditional, but it's untraditionally traditional. And that was a spark for us. And when, when we talked about it after that, that meeting, 
and, and then came back to you, we said, hey, we think if you want to reinvent the deli category and be the first in a newly defined category, then we're up for that. Yeah. And that, and to me, like, what an opportunity, you know, as a, as a small business person uh, to be able to partner with somebody who has the skill set. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a guy who ran Canada's biggest restaurant company. You know, you have Steve had... Uh, how many incredible uh, Harvey, Swish LA, Mr. Sub, all of these incredible brands under your your purview. And for me as a, as a guy who um, uh, is trying to grow his business and trying to build a category, be a category killer, to have somebody like Steve that I can turn to for advice and perspective and, and uh, um, you know, your experience really is completely invaluable. So the idea that taking your skill set, Joe, and being able to um, uh, repackage it for my needs, I know that I was and am a pilot project essentially for your team to see if you can take your skill set. And how would you how would you explain to our listeners like what exactly it is you do? Like what is what does a reinvention look like? So we are always beginning with the consumer and and customers and and if you just net that down out of consultant speak people. <laughs> what are people doing? What are they thinking about these days? What do they care about uh, engaging with? Not just in physical environments uh, where they actually travel to and what they do there, but also in, in social media and what do they read? So the more you understand about, you know, the world uh, full of people and, and where they're going, and then use that understanding to define space for businesses to play in and, and where they can actually thrive. And that leads you to the next uh, leg of the journey, which is around brand. And, and that's simply, you know, what's your purpose in the world? What do you, what do you stand for? And, and if you put those two things together, what do you stand for to whom? And, and the follow-on obviously is, well, then what are you going to be to them that is uniquely different and, and really relevant and exciting for them? And today, you know, it's a pretty competitive landscape, as you know, across every category, whether it's restaurants or, or uh, broadly retail and beyond. And carving out those, you know, which customers are we focused on and why? What are we going to be and mean to them? And then how are we going to bring whatever we decide is going to be different to life in a really powerful way so that people say, look, I'll walk by, you know, three doors uh, an extra kilometer to get to uh, a Kaplansky's because Kaplansky's does these things for me that go beyond just, you know, the obvious, the product right. itself. And that's where you get into the world of experience. And that's a whole other part of the conversation. Well, I, and I think that's where we should probably go when we come back after the break. But until we get there, we've got about a minute and a half, Steve. You know, how are you seeing consumers thinking about food and restaurants changing? Uh Great question, Zane. The it it changes daily. It changes um, so so frequently that the one of the compelling reasons for me joining Joe's team, by the way, just by way of background, was the things he talked about exactly mirror what goes on in the restaurant industry and the importance of making sure that your brand is relevant and those things that are important to consumers today are what you're providing for them. So. The, uh, the change is so frequent. What's relevant today is yesterday's news tomorrow. And um, it's so important that you're on top of what's relevant, that you're uh, watching that on a regular basis and making sure you're making those, those changes to what your offering is. So you know, what, what Jack and Reinvents does is focus on exactly that, which is so linked to the restaurant industry. It's, it's amazing. Um, uh, the trends change 
so frequently, right? You, you just have to be watching it constantly. So what we'd say today is gone tomorrow. Well, one of those things, and again, we have 15 seconds, so we're going to pick this up when we come back from the break, is what is fast casual? And what is what is that style of service? Why mm-hmm. did we choose that as the thing that we're offering at Kaplansky's? And what are some of the things that we're doing to try to be on trend, but trends that will be here to stay? Let's see! Listening to Let's Eat with host Zane Kaplansky on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. I'm Zane Kaplansky. This is Let's Eat every Saturday here on News Talk 1010. Today I'm joined by Joe Jackman and Steve Smith, who are the what are you, CEO, pre, uh, president? C- CEO, CEO, chief reinventionist. Chief reinventionist. I'm the chief fresher. That's very good. The big cheese <laughs> and the, uh, the other big show. cheese at, at, uh, at Jackman. Now, these guys, full disclosure, are my partners. And uh, we got together around the idea of how do you take a great local restaurant brand, mine, and grow it? How do we, how do we become Canada's national deli? And as Joe said... Global deli domination. I mean, I say it with a smile, but I'm dead serious. I really want to be that guy. And I think it's possible. You know, I think that there's room in the marketplace. Fries and burgers and pizza and chicken have all been done. And uh, I think I have an opportunity to do this. And one of the one of the first uh, elements of... So when we sat down in a room and we did this over a period of six, nine months, almost a year... Uh, where we essentially pulled apart all of the aspects of my business and then studied it all and came up with a plan. I don't don't know if you remember it, Joe, but I referred to it as akin to the imitation game. And the imitation game was that movie about how the the, uh, allies broke the German codes Mm -hmm. of the Enigma machine back in World War II. And how do you take, you know, this great local restaurant and scale it when... You know, a lot of it has to do with me. A lot of it has to do with my ability to connect with customers. And how do you change the service and change the experience without losing what, what makes this essentially possible? And one of the things that we came up with was fast casual. And um, when we registered for the Canadian Franchise Association uh, membership, we were either full service or QSR, QSR being quick service restaurant. There was no, is no, fast casual category. So maybe it bears some explanation. Maybe Steve, you can explain to our listeners what the fast casual concept is. And we, and if you want to see it, we're doing it at Yorkville right now. Sure. Um, it, it's, uh, it is the fastest growing segment. It is that segment in the middle, Zane, that has been, uh, has been uh, taking over the, the industry. Um, from my prior life, if you use the example of Harvey's as the brand that was the, um, the QSR, and the brands of Milestones and Kelsey's and Montana's, they were your traditional full-service FSR and uh, where people go in, families and enjoy a nice meal, so on and so forth. Whereas QSR, you're in, you're out. You stand there with your plastic tray, you wait for your food. Exactly, exactly. And um, over the years, there has been more and more of a, uh, of a desire to not go in and spend an hour and a half having a meal, but have a nice, nice experience and a nicer experience than what you would get in a QSR. Um, but you're not there for an hour. You can go in and you can have, um, you can have uh, a nice meal, great food, in a in a nice environment, uh, friendly people. The offering is great. You have a little bit of fun. That's so important in uh, in the restaurant experience. Um, and you want to make sure those people who are working there you know, have that hospitality gene. They are fr- they are guest conscious from yep. the beginning, and uh, and they give you that great um, that great feeling. 
but you're not there for a, dur a long duration. You're in, you're out, and uh, and you have a, 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 a great experience. So the way the way it, it physically works, you go, you walk into the Yorkville location, you place your order at the counter, we give you a number, um, and then you go and sit down, and we bring your food to the table. So that the whole economic transaction is taken place up front. There's no, I've been sitting here for 20 minutes and nobody brought me a menu. Mm -hmm. There's no, can somebody find my, my, my server and bring me a bill? Everything is, is sort of sped up in that, in that sense. Joe, do you see fast casual as uh, here today, gone tomorrow, flash in the pan trend, or do you see it as something that's going to really be a dominant part of the way Canadians eat in restaurants? Well, it will grow, and, and there's reasons um, underlying uh, its growth. Uh, there's three big trends. One is um, consumers' engagement uh, with food and, and their expectation that they're going to get uh, better than, say, fast food um, quality and, and, and interesting um, offerings. Um, the second is uh, value, and, and if you look at across all categories, affordable luxury as a as a place to play is mm. growing uh you know hard discount or very very you know inexpensive offerings are growing uh affordable luxury is growing premium depending on which category but the middle which is I, i'm not really sure how good it is but i'm paying you know a, a, an okay price that's disappearing and so that that's a, that's a big trend and then the third you know is as we all experience is, is time press consumers you know we, we we want what we want but we don't always have the wherewithal to uh to fit in all the things that are are appealing to us so those those are the reasons it's growing but let me give you an example of what kind of growth? So if you look at food service in America, where fast casual really was created, um, overall food service is growing at about plus 1%. Fast casual as a concept, and it's a relatively new concept, is growing at plus 5. Wow. Now look at uh, globally, it's actually a better picture because food service, I think, is in, in developing countries a, a lot more of a growth um, clip. Uh, so food service overall globally is growing at plus 5%. Fast casual as a concept is double that, plus mm. 10%. So you can just see that these giant trends, which is why we spend so much time on understanding what's happening in the world and where is it going and which customers are we focused on. Because once you understand those, you, you essentially put your boat on a river that's moving fast. And when you look at, you know, the current market leaders, for example, you look at the McDonald's and the subways of the world, why don't they just switch over to fast casual or are they? Well, they are. I think in some ways a Mick Cafe would be a concept that maybe not quite fast casual, but if you think about the concept of a more elevated experience than typical quick serve restaurant or QSR, uh, the offering itself, you know, it used to be McDonald's coffee, whether you liked it or not, but, but now there's all that, you know, espresso, uh, drink variation that's there and cues visually, et cetera. It's starting to tilt towards that. I think I saw either on your website, or maybe I heard you say once, t uh, talking about how today's market leader will be replaced within some period of time and that how that's that process of, of um, change has been speeding up over time. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's one of the reasons you asked me about our, our, our business, uh, you know, focused on reinvention. Um, if you look at the data, what you'll see is brand life cycle com compression, which means from the time a brand was born to the time it sort of matures and then starts to decline and lose relevance, that length of time is, is shortening dramatically. And, and underneath that business model, um, uh, life cycle is shortening as well. And you think about, you know, the, the taxi industry becoming um, Uber or, you know, the whole hotel industry being disrupted by Airbnb. Yeah. I mean, a lot of factors, a lot of forces are, are afoot here to cause, 
you know, um, these shortenings of, of things that were, you know, once viable for decades, you know, in my, in my dad's generation, things lasted a long, long time. Um, today, the other consumer pieces, we're all on, a, on an absolute tear to find out what's new. And, and our, you know, loyalty, unfortunately, today is the absence of a better option. And there's a lot of better options sort of inbound to the customer and into the marketplace. You know, one thing in a sea of change, one of the things that really doesn't change is people. And we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the people who make our business run and the way we're trying to appeal to uh, staff to make them want to come and work with Kaplanskis and, and make us uh, Canada's best or Canada's National Deli. Until then, we're going to take a bit of a break. We're going to come uh, pay to play. Well, we got to we gotta play some commercials, and then we'll come back and play after that. And uh, you're listening to Zane Kaplansky here on Let's Eat on News Talk 1010. Let's eat! Zane Kaplansky says, let's eat on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. And welcome back to the show. I'm Zane Kaplansky. Every Saturday here on News Talk 1010, let's eat. That's what we do. And, uh, or we, we talk about food. So we, let's talk. We should just call the show Let's Talk. But uh, today I have Steve Smith and Joe Jackman from Jackman Reinvents as my guests on the show. And uh, we're talking all about how we took the idea of Kaplansky's Deli on College Street and sort of tweaked it to be able to, to grow it into something uh, that we can scale across the country and hopefully around the world as well. If you want to see what fast casual looks like, as we were talking about before the break, our Yorkville store does that and uh, be more than interested in your feedback. I know that people who eat there love it, but um, you know other fun things that we do that were actually Jackman-inspired uh, touches, Canada's first ever mustard fountain. We have five flavors of mustard on tap for your, your mustard enjoyment and uh, Canada's first all-you-can-eat self-serve pickle bar. Yeah, absolutely. Know, which are which are really sort of fun, kitschy. Awesome. Yeah. Customers love it, and and uh, uh, the great sort of touches that I think people people love engaging with, and and I think that that stuff really works. But the 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 part that really I think is more important than all of this really is people. And I I don't know if you remember Steve, but uh, I came back. But a year and a half ago from California, and I'd spent a week with my cousin, Betsy Jacobson. And Betsy, had, she's an organizational development specialist. She's spent her whole life, she worked with Steve Jobs at Apple. She worked at Royal Dutch Shell. She worked as a consultant with Goodyear Tires and, and some of the biggest companies in the world, uh, helping them, A, do executive coaching, but also helping managers be better managers. And while I was down there with her, I had this whole revelation about people. It's all about people and came back and really sort of excitedly told Steve this idea that I had that that uh, we want to find people who love hospitality. And, you know, what Steve's response was, you know, we call those people, people who have the hospitality gene, that there's something in me that loves cooking, serving, being in the restaurant environment. I really get a charge out of it since I was a small kid. What do you want to be when you grow up? It's something that a lot of people get asked. I want to be in the restaurant business. And so we've really kind of obsessively tried to create a system of interviewing people for our restaurants to try and discover that gene. And also now in the franchisee selection process, find those people as well. And it's it's a challenge because there's a lot of people who want to own restaurants because they have some money and they, they, uh, they love eating in restaurants. I love food. I love people. I'm going to open a restaurant. Not so fast. 
you know, because there's a lot uh, opening and owning a restaurant is, is a tough endeavor. And uh, what advice would you have, Steve, for somebody who's looking at buying a franchise, for example, in the, like a restaurant franchise of, of a few things that uh, they need to sort of self-assess before they, they make the call or send me an email and say, Zane, let's, let's open a Kaplansky's together. One of the first things people have to come to grips with, Zane, is the fact that um, it's a tough business. You, you said that. The, uh, the financial requirements, the time commitment is, uh, is, is not insignificant. And you have to be prepared to, uh, to invest that time in. And, and in order to get yourself mentally prepared to do that, uh, the financial piece notwithstanding, is uh, it's important that you are emotionally linked to the food industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, There are many important ingredients that go into a successful uh, restaurant business, a successful restaurant location, and, um, and uh, one of those uh, key ingredients is that you mentioned it, the hospitality gene starts with the owner operator the franchisee or a corporate store general manager um, but then it has to percolate all the way through every parts of the business everybody who is touching the customer because it's that ultimate guest experience that will bring people back getting people into your location is one thing keeping them and having them come back is the real trick and the method by which you do that or one of the methods is to make sure that those people that are in your in the restaurant or the franchisee um, are very focused on making sure the experience is is a great experience. So coming back to your question, if you don't have that perspective on running a restaurant business, you're better off to go somewhere else because lots of people can come up with the money. Uh, lots of people can come up with a real estate location. If you don't have the right mindset and the emotional attachment, you should go somewhere else. And I think that those are great points. And and Joe, you know, this is when when we went through that imitation game process and thought of how do we scale this. You know, we had two options. I talked about this on last week's show as well. We could have tried to open corporate restaurants, which we would own and then hire managers to operate for us, or uh, the franchise route is a is a different option, and we chose the franchise route because uh, exactly what Steve is talking about. The franchisee becomes essentially my surrogate. They're uh, financially, emotionally, and in every other way invested in the success of that location. And I think that that's part of uh, the key to this is is finding that level of buy in from franchisees. Have you have you had other businesses that were franchise oriented that you've helped to, to reinvent in the past? Yeah, we're, we're working on a number of them, some, some of uh, which are global. Um, what I would say that matters in this conversation is the degree to which the people quotient of customer experience is uh, something that over indexes in value today because of what uh, consumers broadly are seeking. Right. One of the big trends is personalization. And, you know, personalization tends to be associated with, you know, data, you know, loyalty programs and, and tailoring, you know, Netflix knows what I want to watch and make suggestions. That's, that's what it's become. But let's think about personalization just on a more fundamental level. Um, I walk into a store or a restaurant and they know my name and they greet me warmly uh, and they say, hey, are you going to have what you usually have? I mean, that's a tradition that, you know, in, in Jewish delis forever. Yeah. Uh, that matters more today because customers want that sense that I'm known. Um, they also want uh, the degree to which uh, 
the proposition itself can be tailored to them. Um, hey, I know, you know, it's not on the menu, but I know you like the extra pickles. Right. We're just going to, you know, do that. I went to J&J Barbecue yesterday in Kensington Market, and uh, they had incredible barbecue, by the way, if you if you love barbecue. Uh, I went with Jerry Agar, who sits in this chair and does the, the daytime show, and uh, we wanted to try everything. So they said, oh, you know, we, we can do like a party platter. It's an off-menu item. That kind of thing. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Being able to give me some, a special, unique experience that isn't on the menu and you're going to do this just for me like that's that's next level stuff yeah absolutely if you and if you take it to scale so you know in and out burger i think one of one of the better players uh in america there's a lot of menu items um, secret menu items yeah and, and yeah. then there's this the the secret menu item which yeah. which isn't on the board and um that actually is creating personal connections to to brands um the other piece is that um when you think about customer experience as a whole, it all comes down to some kind of interaction. And, you know, I think Steve alluded to, you know, it's important that, yes, the product is good, that the, the place is, you know, clean and, and, and ready for business, you know, it's ready for the show. All those things are fundamental. But what are the things that will actually deliver frequency and loyal based on loyalty? You know, I'm going to come back. What comes up way, way above the, those other things, which sometimes can be table stakes, if you think about them that way. Um, the, that whole sort of, how did I feel as mm. I went through the experience? How was I made to feel? Mm. That is absolutely huge uh, today. So winding back to the franchise piece, here you've got people that you know, often are in the store or the restaurant uh, you know, a lot, uh, they, uh, you know, I was in um, uh, Mamakas on... Uh, Love that place. Yeah, on fantastic. On you know, the, the, one of the owners comes over and, uh, and says, hello, hey, I know that you know such, such and such and, uh, you know, sends a round of drinks. Now, you don't need to go to that extent, but wow, did that ever... Yeah. You know, here I am yeah. telling you the story on radio. So it, it, it amplifies mm -hmm. my experience. And the more that you can get people to feel something the more uh, chance you have of uh, having a long-time uh, valuable relationship. Amazing. Now, it, now, uh, this I knew this conversation would go uh, far and wide and quickly. We're up to our, our last break. We're going to come back after the break and wrap it up with Steve Smith and Joe Jackman from Jackman Reinvents. You're listening to Zane Kaplansky here on Let's Eat on News Talk 1010. Let's Eat! Let's Eat with Zane Kaplansky. In-depth radio, News Talk 1010. And welcome back to the show. I'm Zane Kaplansky, your host here on Let's Eat. Every Saturday on News Talk 1010, I was reminded during the break by uh, Niall Jackman that I haven't opened up the phone lines in case anybody does want to call 416-872-1010 if you want to ask Joe Jackman or Steve Smith a question about fast casual, reinvention, brands. You know, the, even the idea of brands, Joe, it's something that... So 416-872-1010 is our phone number. 71010 is our, is our text line if you want to... Uh, text me. I'll, I'll, I'll read your question on the on the air too. Brands are something that it's a word that people throw around a lot. Mm -hmm. But how do you define what a brand is? So our definition of a brand is uh, it's a purpose uh, elevated to an experience and then delivered consistently. And and the notion of purpose, I think, is is uh, I find it completely fascinating, of course. But it's misunderstood. Really, it means that as a business, you believe something to be true. And, and therefore you exist to, to do something. It's, it's, it's your, you know, at the heart of everything you do, I think you're trying to bring people into this untraditional, traditional deli experience, which, you know, you grew up with and, and 
And you want, you know, the world needs more deli. (laughs) My mission is to share the food that I grew up with, the food that we celebrate with, the food that we, we connect with to the world in general. Okay, so that's a purpose, and and you've you've defined it, and it and it motivates you, and at the heart of your brand is that that central idea. When you're clear on that, now it's creating an experience around it, and and the more unique and differentiated that is, uh, the the better, because people then say, oh, I I know what that's all about, and I really relate to that, you know, what what Kaplansky's is all about. And they do things in a way, you know, pickle bar and and uh, and mustard on tap, that is different than I could find anywhere else. That actually is critical. And then, you know, the the higher order, the highest order, is to deliver that consistently place to place. So that that, as you think about it, is brand. Mm. Most people today think about brand as a name, usually as a graphic image or a logo, what have you, and not so much as a behavioral guide. And really what makes great brands great is that they guide the people that work within them. They they end up having people that are ambassadors for mm. that core idea, that purpose, and they help to bring it to life in, in a really consistent way, in a wonderful way. I like that definition. Now, I've got a, thanks to Niall, I've got a caller on the line, Art on the 403. Art, you're with us on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. What's your, what's your comment, Art? So I was working uh, on Yorkville, I, I work in construction, so... One day during that heat wave, I was looking for a quick place to just go and eat. And uh, I walked across the parking lot where I was, and uh, I couldn't find anything. Everything so fancy. And then, oh, Kaplansky's. I know Kaplansky's because of the name. I've never been. And so I walked in, and I told the lady, I said, look, i got to go back to work in like 10 minutes. What can I have? She says, I have this sandwich. It was the uh, smoked meat sandwich. She says, I can have that for you quickly. And, uh, you know, there's, she saw I was sweating like uh, crazy, and there's <laughs> water up there, and we have a mustard bar, and uh, have it. And I'm like, all right. So uh, <laughs> I had it, and it was fantastic. Oh, that's it so nice to hear. In the, you, you paid know, for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying you for this call, am I? Let's just be clear about this. But, but even, even, you know, talking about price, I mean, uh, so guys are asking me, well, where'd you go for lunch? I said, well, I went to Clancy. Really? What did you have? And I told him, and I said, um, well, how much was that? I go, it was uh, 11 bucks. 11 bucks? And I go, yeah, but it was fantastic. It was worth it. I mean, you guys spend more than that on a pack of smokes. This is actually good. <laughs> That's you know? awesome. I, I really appreciate and, that. You know what? I didn't even, I didn't need anything with it because, I, like, I smoke meat myself, but, you know, you taste something that, uh, yeah. that's been done right, and you can tell just by having a bite. So I, I wanted I, to pass that along. And, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, keep up the great work. That, I, I really appreciate that. Thanks, Art, and, and, uh, and thanks for your call. And, you know, that's really uh, proof of concept. You know, this is, this is what we were going for when we had this dream of being able to open up other restaurants. My biggest fear was, is this all about me? You know, do I have to be there all the time? And if it is, you know, all of my cloning experiments have been failures because <laughs> it just doesn't work. Well, it can be all about you if, if as you and Steve were talking about earlier, you hire the right people that have that hospitality gene that that have or develop the love and the and the care with which you do what you do, and bring that to life themselves in the way that they behave, and then find others who can share that. And suddenly you are in the restaurants. Yeah. You know, that and, I think that's... That is the cloning of Zane. Exactly. Yeah. That's the cloning, which is a really scary proposition when I think about the cloning <laughs> of you. But. <laughs> well, and you know, I think Art made another great point too, and, and this is something I've always felt passionately about. 
you can never win the race to the bottom. So you, you, to be the low-cost guy, to, to sell the cheapest smoked meat sandwich in town, there will always be somebody who's got more money than you do to be able to undercut your prices and starve you out. And so the idea that if I'm going to make the best possible smoked meat sandwich that I can, it's not going to be the cheapest one. And I think that, that for us to be in that place as a premium product, as something that's that's uh, best in class, but that we can offer to other people, you know, it, it really is a place that I'm comfortable uh, residing. And I think that that's, I think what Joe said about the brand a moment ago, that, that experiential part is what I'm going for. And it's so important, Zane. They, you have to have that differentiator. And all of the things that we just talked about as it relates to the brand are your differentiators. Uh, I, I take your point about being the low cost guy. Um, that is a fool's errand to go there, especially in, in the restaurant business or the fast casual business. People want a great experience. They want some great food and they want it in a nice environment um, with, with, uh, with, uh, with great people in the restaurant. And uh, you know, the, uh, the last caller just was uh, give a great example of Perfect. a nice experience. And it's funny too, because I remember when we were building the Yorkville location, seeing all the construction workers in the area and wondering, where do these guys eat? Because, you know, we're not wine glasses on the table, tablecloth kind of restaurant. And what I was told was a lot of them went to Whole Foods, that there really wasn't a sandwich place nearby that they can go and get a, a quick lunch. And so we wanted to sort of fill that place where you could get a great Jewish deli sandwich, get it quickly, get in, get out and uh, and have that that experience. And I think that that's really makes me so happy to, to, to get a call like that because, and until he says, and it was great, you never know where the call's going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Cause you certainly get, you know, you, you make mistakes and, and, uh, and how does that feed into brand Joe? You know, like the, the idea of, um, of resolving conflicts with your customers. And, and, uh, I always tell our people, you know, when the sun is shining, it's very easy to be wonderful. But when you've made a mistake on somebody's order or mm -hmm. uh, somebody wasn't happy with the, the experience, you know... It, it's the best opportunity to build your brand. That, that actually is, is proven out in, in studies that when things go wrong, what you do, you know, every, things are going to happen, right? As good as, as, you know, your team might be and, and, and as good as uh, the execution of the concept could be, things will go wrong you know, it's not what happens to you, it's, it's what you do about it. And that recovery moment is the moment for people to say, look, this went wrong, they acknowledged it, and and they did something about it. They made it right, they made it better, or they, they said, look, we're, we're sorry uh, that this happened, um, and now let, let us, uh, you know, make it right for you going forward. That actually is the biggest brand booster moment that, that you could hope for. Now, right. it's you know, I've heard people speak about this before, and you don't want to you know, engineer a bunch of, you know, mess ups <laughs> to give you the opportunity to create. Oh, believe me, I don't need to engineer them. Believe me. They happen but, on their own just fine. But, but I think it's how you think about them yeah. and get your people to think about them. That's so critical. That's yeah. a huge point. The guest recovery piece we, we found in my prior life, Zane, was the most important piece. And, and it goes back to the uh, hospitality gene, not to right. keep coming back to that. But if you have the right people on, on the floor and they're empowered to do the right things to 
fix uh, fix a situation, yeah. you'll have a guest for life. I got a text message, open a place in Newmarket. I come from Montreal and miss a good Jewish deli, come to Newmarket. And, uh, you know, I think Newmarket would be a wonderful community for uh, Kaplanskis. I'm actually sponsoring a kids and just a little bit younger than Niall, nine-year-old boys uh, hockey team, select hockey team. And uh, up in Markham. And I, I think, you know, getting involved with communities is really what uh, this will evolve into. And I'd like to see, you know, my brand grow across the country and finding great people to do that with us who understand that notion of of how do you make somebody feel special in that half an hour, 45 minutes that you might have with them, but to be able to connect so that, like I did with J&J yesterday, mm -hmm. you know, that, that this barbecue place or that you did with Mamakas, um, it becomes special because the people who were there made it special for me. They mm -hmm. did something above and beyond that you'd never really expect. You know, the, yeah. you're just a face in the crowd kind of thing. And and, and, uh, and it's interesting for, for us that, you know, we work with a lot of really big companies, you know, big scale, um, medium-sized companies. Drop some companies. names. Uh, Walgreens, Hertz, uh, TGI Fridays. Um, you know, some of these are global brands. Actually, all, all three of those are. What's happening in, in the world of consumer behavior, you know, I mentioned personalization, it's humanization. That's really what's happening. And I think that this whole notion of scale equals corporate um, homogeneity, that's actually gone. And, and the more things are slick and, and, and like the thing about, you know, messing up and, and acknowledging it and then, and then, you know, making it right is it's, it's, a, it's expressing it's a, it's a human, human dimension and, right. and brands today, the ones that are really successful are actually the ones that are, are getting that. And, uh, and, and I think that's, that's why franchising is such a critical component or offers such a great platform because you, you have humanization built right in. It's people that are there, they own it, they live it and, and love it if, if you get the right ones. It's a great way to, to end the show because that, that really is what this is all about and building connections and relationships with people, with franchisees, with customers. And I can't, I, 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 it, it's a huge pleasure for me to tell you to your faces. I love the fact that I have a relationship with both of you guys. That thank Steve you. Smith thanks. and Joe Jackman. It's mutual. You're, you're, thank you. It's, it's, uh, it was a total game changer for me when we partnered together and, and uh, to be able to share your knowledge and experience with our listeners. Uh, I can't say thank you enough. Now, Jackman, thanks for coming today. <laughs> Vanessa Roback, welcome to the show. Tony Telesco, Mike Trutler, uh, love doing this. T Ted Walsh is up next. Thank you for listening. Let's see who's in Kaplansky. We're out. Yeah.